Hey everyone. If you like this podcast, go behind the paywall to get privileged access to the smartest minds in finance. Visit realvision.com slash rvpod and use the promo code podcast10. That's podcast10 to get 10% off our essential membership for the first year. Join the Real Vision community and learn how to become a better investor. And now to the top analysis of today's markets. Is it time to fade semis? Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Real Vision Daily Briefing. With me today is Dale Pinkert, trading coach at Trader Gate Hub. Hi, Dale. How are you? Hi, Maggie. Great to be back with you. Uh, quite a turnaround Tuesday we've had today in the S&P. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's been, you just, it, it seems like a risk-off day. We had right out of the gate, J.P. Morgan Chief Jamie Dimon saying banking crisis is not over, warning there will be repercussions to come for years. We had weaker economic data, which just kind of added to the concerns. So we saw stocks down, yields down, dollar down. You know, when you look across the markets, what's of most interest to you? What are you paying most attention to right now? Well, I think the levitation of S&Ps could be coming to a close. The Magic Act may start to resolve itself to the downside. Um, I brought some charts from the belly of the market to show that besides semis, and semis, I believe, also had a down day. When the leadership begins to falter, the things that have been lagging accelerate to the downside. So um, these charts were uh, put together a few hours ago before the sell-off became even more intense. Um, so you have things like uh, Cat and Deer and uh, Freeport and, uh, you know, uh, for example, there's Cat. Yeah, let's so, let's let's focus on one at a time. So what what is okay. what is that cat? That's Caterpillar. What is that that chart telling you? Why'd you pick that one? After that last break that we had, and Cat was uh, one of the stronger issues. Uh, it it didn't peak when the general market peaked. It it peaked uh, several months later, and this big break that we had on the SVB held a very important moving average. But the action afterwards is for Cat, what I call a dead cat bounce where you had a very directional move to the downside and just a simple little correction, uh, not even coming close to recapturing the losses like the S&P did because of leadership in NASDAQ. Yeah. So, so this is a bad sign uh, for the global economy. When you think cat, you think tractors, you think construction, mm -hmm. uh, you think building, uh, the real economy, and uh, with what happened in credit contraction about to take hold, Cat and Deer, big companies, uh, the real economy, not service economy, not clouds, but things that, uh, you know, we live in and work in. And so this is not a good sign for the market. And I think we could be marking a, a significant high in the S&Ps that could lead us if we take out 3,800 to finally taking out the October lows and having the capitulation that a lot of the bears have been waiting for uh, sometime by July, June, July. Wow, taking out that October low. A lot of people thought we'd put that conversation behind us, Dale. Yeah, they said no landing. Yeah. I say, put your helmet up. <laughs> so are you seeing, um, is, it, is it in the wake of the SVB, because we, we you know, we, we've known that the Fed's been, Fed's been hiking aggressively. We've had people warning about the fact that the recession was coming. We've seen the ISM declining for five months. Everybody who knows Ryle knows he watches that really closely. 
We've done a lot of stuff on that. If you want to dig in on the importance of that indicator, head over to our platform. We just had another big session with Julian. They did a big breakdown on that. So we've kind of known this is coming. Why are we seeing this break now? Is it because of uh, what was the regional banking crisis, the kind of final straw that made people really concerned about this? Yeah, uh, we uh, the tightening even went on before that. So he tightened until something broke. Well, something broke. And, you know, it's like that. Uh, you ask, well, why didn't the market recognize it earlier? And, you know, you reach a tipping point mm-hmm. where it's that last snowflake that causes the avalanche. And this wasn't exactly a snowflake. I don't believe that uh, we've solved the liquidity problem 100%, but the concerning part coming up is credit contraction and monetary conditions tightening without the Fed raising rates. If you can't get credit, does it matter what where rates are? Yeah, that's and a that's great... what we may be looking at coming down the line. That's a great point, Dale. And we've had people coming on being really clear about this concern for weeks now. And even yesterday we talked with our guest Mustafa and said, it makes me nervous when say people say it's contained because very smart people have been worried about this knock on effect that would have on credit. Peter Bookvar is going to be on later in the week. I think it's been a month since we talked when we warned about the reset on these higher rates, That what, what that would do. And I think we all are anecdotally feeling it. So I'm interested. You think this isn't going to just knock the industrial sector, those exposed? You, you Do you see this coming for tech, too? If you see the S&P going down, is, yeah. it, are we going to see a capitulation in technology? Because boy, that has been on fire for this year. We're That's gonna see a, running. We're going to see a capitulation or at least a downdraft in every asset class except treasuries and later on maybe the dollar. Because uh, when you're in this type of situation and things are weakening, um, I think Bitcoin is a short on any further strength towards 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we could go to 18, maybe even a retest of the lows. Um, I think that gold is completing today, okay, at this 2020 level, may have another up day or so. Uh, but when I was on, I said buy it at 1804. I actually brought the GDX chart, and that's had, uh, it's really, they've been the stars, okay. Uh, last time I was on, we were about the 31 area. I said buy between 27, 25 and 26 and change was the low. Here we are at new highs. So this is where people get FOMO, and this is instead where people should be get, uh, become tactical. And if you're fortunate to still hold it, uh, I got out when the uh, GDX was trading about 29, 28 and a half um, early, uh, that you should be ringing the register on part of your position. I'm not saying that this is the high in gold or silver, I'm saying that it's going to be affected by sell-offs in the other asset classes. Uh, If I'm right about the market, sometimes you sell what you can, not Mm -hmm. what you want to. Yeah, interesting. So let's break this down. Okay, we got your sort of overall view, and I think that loud and clear message to put our helmets on. So let's, let's break this down a little bit. Let's go back to technology for a second. So... Uh, we were talking about everything's going to get hit. Um, we started the, the show with the question, should we fade semiconductors? Uh, so you think it's all going down. 
does that include semiconductors? And I, I think everybody listening knows NVIDIA has been, I mean, first of all, the sector's been high, held by that, but NVIDIA's up, what, almost 100%, 90-something percent since the beginning of the year. It's been just a freight train. So you, semiconductors look vulnerable here to you. Yeah, there's uh, the semi-chart. If you put it back up there, you'll see that these recent highs are not confirmed by momentum. Of course, you know, uh, I prefer to short the weakness and buy the strength uh, on dips, but I do believe semiconductors will uh, sell off. And what's going to be interesting about this is I'm looking for a pretty good rally in the bond market. I think 10-year yields uh, are going to head towards 3%. And people are going to say, well, you know, if the bonds are going to rally, if you put up that chart, it's called an ascending triangle. Okay, wait, this and is TLT we're putting up, correct? That, yes, TLT. And uh, uh, the implications of that formation are bullish. Just like a descending triangle, the implications are bearish. This is a reverse, and a breakout over 109 is going to get you 117, maybe 130. And the surprise is going to be people are going to say, what's wrong with uh, the market? Rates are going down and the, it's not helping the market. The weak dollar didn't help the market today. Nothing helped the market. So uh, we talked about this uh, a show or two ago that the narrative was going to shift from worrying about inflation to having a growth scare. And you could have lower rates and lower equity prices at the same time during a growth scare. Hey, everyone, we're going to take a quick break right now to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing. Yeah, so, people people were yeah. forgetting it. We were locked into that, oh, bad news is good for equities just up until the last couple of days. When you're looking at, when you think that... Uh, you're the, the 10 year is going to go to 3%. What about, you sort of partly answered, but what about inflation? Do you worry about persistently high inflation, even if you see growth down? Some people call it stagflation. Some people have issues with that term, that, that, that I uh, do. phrase. I you do. do think that we're going to see high, that persistent inflation? Yeah, because uh, eventually the Fed is going to have to cave. They may not cave yet, but after 3%, I could see uh, yields rallying back to new all-time highs. Okay, that's that. important. So this is a okay. uh, the time frame on treasuries on this treasury trade is what like a three month time frame, yeah. six month. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know it doesn't take long. There are things called uh, crashes, and you could get impulsive moves that could complete in seven weeks. So it's not going to be a, a a duration trade. In fact, I think once uh, the S and P's trade down towards thirty three and a half to three thousand that will be setting up the stage for a rally into uh, for new highs into 2025. So that's why it's very important for people to be shepherding their resources now because there's going to be a time where you could be low on everything, including precious metals and equities. But we have to have this cleanse. It's taking place and it'll be compressed in time. And, uh, you know, that's my view on how to trade the market is either be in cash or be short. So it, are, it, from what you described, it sounds like we could be setting up for a situation where bonds end, well, we would have stocks selling off, but 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 you in the short term, you'd have bonds rallying. So they would right. be moving in a different direction. So that classic diversification would help you in the short term. 
Right. Flight to quality, uh, which disappeared last year. In fact, the bonds led the way down. The last couple of sell-offs, money flows have been going back into bonds as a haven. Gold and bonds have been the havens. So, uh, but I think that gold could be vulnerable to risk off as the dollar finds its footing, maybe around par. Uh, get a little, you know, markets like big round numbers and a hundreds of big round number and perhaps some get a little panic underneath that in the next few weeks. And I, I wouldn't get uh, long uh, the euro up here near 110. I think we're within 100 pips or so of a top there. Okay, hold on. Let's, before we get to currencies, because we love when you come on, Dale, because you can talk about everything, which is fantastic. But let's 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 make sure everybody catches all of this. I want to go back to gold again. So, Samuel sat down with Lawrence Leppard on from three on our three ideas show, who talked about gold. That was one of his calls in the beginning of the year. It did very well, um, and then he had some more deep thinking about it. Let's have a, a little listen to a clip from that, and we'll talk on the other side. And so, you know, rule of thumb has always been if gold goes up 10%, the gold stocks will go up 30%. And so, you know, if you want to, if you want to be more aggressive in your approach to this debasement bet, um, you buy gold stocks and, um, my fund, I sell my fund to my investors as, you know, I'm, a, I'm extremely aggressive. Um, I'm trying to make, uh, high rates of return and they should allocate money to it that they consider they can live with the volatility because it does go up and down, you know, quite a bit. But if we're right, and I believe we are, about what's happening in the basement, you know, the gold price is going to go much higher, in my opinion, in the next few years ahead. And that full interview is available on our platform. In fact, you can track the performance of all of the guests on Three Ideas uh, and see how they're doing and if their their suggestions are working out. If you're not a member, scan that QR code and come join our community. So, Dale, Let's go over what you're talking about gold, and I want to want to be clear whether you're talking about gold or gold miners here. Um, I think the chart you brought was GDX. Is that right? Right. Is that the miners. You? The yeah. miners. Okay, great. So, do you prefer owning the miners, or do you worry about the volatility there? What are you thinking about the physical commodity versus the miners? Walk us through okay. on that a little. I think it's uh, right now a little clearer for me in the physical. And I believe that if uh, investors and traders are patient, that sometime by June or July, you'll be able to buy gold back under 1900, maybe as deep as 1860, possibly even 1800 again. So, uh, you know, I'm looking for a pretty good break in gold. Uh, silver, I think uh, maybe it peaks around 25 and a half, could pull back to 22. 21 and a half and that's going to be because there's going to be some safe haven buying of the dollar that eventually is going to pressure gold in fact i look at gold today and on the daily we're not confirming elioticians would call this potentially a wave five five of five completing today that's not a market you buy that's a market that you don't get fomo if you miss this last trade you're patient and you wait for the market to come back to you in a few months and, and get you it think to it's better levels. Against a backdrop of stocks selling off and P and, and they're uh, get, taking out those October lows, you are worried about a sell-off in precious metals because you think people will be liquidating what they can. Is that where that pressure is going to yeah. come from? It's, it's going to come from uh, margin calls. Uh, it's going to come from mm. people that just uh, 
uh, have to liquidate something. And the pressure of this stock sell-off, I think, is going to be, we've had a liquidity crisis with the banks, regionals, and now we're going to be looking at the potential of a liquidity crisis in the financial markets being reflected by lower prices. Mm-hmm. So, so you'd sell everything. Yeah, that's a that's a frightening scenario. Do you think the Fed is going to have to cut rates? That you know, we hear them jawboning about inflation still, or talking about pausing, but the market's telling us they're going to cut rates. Um, I'm not sure because we're almost at three percent on the ten-year, and that's the floor. So that's only about another 30, 40 bips from here, unless I'm wrong and we're going to two. So uh, I think the most they'll do is pause. So instead of people looking for cuts, they should be looking for the Fed to pause for a while and let things settle out in the market, see how the markets handle things. And then I'm not so sure that they're not going to have to uh, enter another hiking regime because of what's happening with OPEC, uh, they've, they've done us no favors. Crude looks like it could go to $95. Um, besides economically sensitive commodities, things like grains and food, they all look positive. The inflation fight is not over. This is more of an, a market event uh, than a victory over inflation. Mm. That's a great way to look at it. That's a really important sentence you just said. I want to jump into a couple of questions. Um, John asking, Dale, small caps are underperforming big time. Can you talk about the small caps relative to the large mega caps? Yeah, they should be the first to bottom. They'll bottom before the S&Ps, and he's right. Uh, they are severely uh, overvalued, and I think they're going to lead the next uh, bull market in equities once we finally... Uh, get this washout under 34, 3,500. So, not now. Be patient. Uh, if he pulls up his chart, there's almost a three drive formation setting up on the dailies. So, uh, there's more downside in uh, the Russell and IWM, not as much as there is in balloons that haven't been deflated yet. There's more air left in the queues, more air left in the spoofs. I love it. Lena asking about Ethereum. Not sure if you track that, but I, I think you mentioned you were negative on Bitcoin and it sounds like you think they're all going to trade like risk assets and get hit. Yeah. And uh, Ethereum, she's asking about because up until uh, two weeks ago, it was uh, the laggard, the follower. Mm-hmm. And lately it's been demonstrating more relative strength. I can't imagine Ethereum being unscathed if we're going to have a uh, you know, big break in Bitcoin to at least 18,000 and possibly a retest of the lows. I know some people that are even talking 14 to nine. Uh, and I'm not, a, I'm not a Bitcoin hater. I've been on the program talking about buying it at 18, uh, buying the pullback at 20. But uh, this event in equities, I think, is going to overshadow fundamentals. Uh, you have to go with the price action. And I don't think any asset class is going to be unscathed. Some will hold up better than others and not make new lows. For example, the gold stocks, uh, I don't think they're going back to their lows. 
Uh, gold, I don't think it's going back to their low. Silver, I don't think it's going back to $20. But they're going to give up recent gains while the S&Ps are making new lows and other asset classes are making new lows. And Dr. Copper um, is pretty good at uh, forecasting economic weakness. It's been trying to go higher for months. Every rally is aborted, every break holds, but I think it's resolving itself to the downside here. So I think co lower copper, higher bonds, uh, a whiff of deflation in financial markets. We're gonna take another quick break to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing. So Max asking for just a, a, a little clarification again on, on gold. Max Max is very happy today because he loves to ask about gold and semis. So we got you today, Max. Uh, Dale, gold to break ATH here or fade the break above 2,000? Fade the break above 2,000. That comes later, new all-time highs in the fall. Uh, X saying, um, what do you think will break in the coming credit crisis or market event? It sounds like you think certainly stocks, but but anything else? Well, one of the three uh, asset classes, stocks, bonds, I think bonds are going to be the uh, go-to place. I think they're, we're going to have a nice dollar rally from parity or around that level. I'm talking about uh, that we could still see whenever the euro tops that we could still see it near parity. So there's going to be a big move in uh, FX back to the downside, but above the lows that we had uh, set a year ago. So that's going to be a great buying opportunity. But I, I, there's nothing I really want to be long in this environment. Uh, mm -hmm. Sell the rips and and wait for this capitulation to take place and, and momentum divergences begin to appear. Um, it's prudence over valor right now. I love, we just have to have a tea shop store just for Dale, <laughs> for sure. For the wisdom you drop on us all the time. We're going to make that happen. I've tried uh, valor many times. <laughs> I, I, prudence is a, you know, there's nothing weak about knowing that there's danger in taking cover. Yeah, and that certainly feels like we've been here a, a lot. So Timothy asking... So, Dale, do you see sub-3,200 on S&P? Uh, I think that's right around the level that I'm looking at. Uh, I know some people have targets around 2,900, but anywhere from about 3,300 to 3,000, I'm going to start putting out my buy list and things that I want to buy in those levels. Uh, down the line, I'll be able to pinpoint it, but general area, 335 and then possibly 32, 3,000. From there, it's just going to be fractions. Uh, I just have to get the part of this being right, and then down there, be patient and see which is holding up, what stocks, what sectors, mm -hmm. what asset classes are starting to put in higher lows rather than lower lows will be your first sign of a bottom. So... John asking what's probably one of the hardest questions, what is the timing of the sell-off? So it okay. feels like we're heading in that direction. Maybe it started today, but what do, what are you thinking in terms of timing on this? Do you have a sense of that? Uh, yeah, late June, early July, maybe around the, you know, we'll, 
bottom and get some type of summer railing. So I'm thinking we're down into late June, July, and then the market begins to repair and heal itself. Uh, yeah, and a reminder to everyone, we have the whole debt ceiling debacle happening. Um, That's going to be part of it, too. Yeah, sometimes. Okay. And the timing is unclear on that, by the way. Um, June. Uh, June, uh, the market's going to be, uh, I think that's going to be the catalyst for the last big uh, decline in the market is a lack of confidence uh, that it's going to get done. And even mm. if it does get done, I mean, the tragedy is we weren't able to reload our SPR when oil was trading yeah. in the low 70s and, and 60s because we don't have a debt ceiling. And now the crude price is going to be in our face all the way up to the mid-90s, maybe higher. And what do we have left in our strategic petroleum reserve? I don't know. We sure sold a lot. And we yeah. couldn't cover our shorts. So uh, the U.S. government is not a good trader because they don't know when to take profits. Yeah. That, I think, is probably the understatement um, of the year so far. I, they I, were I, short good at 120, 130 yeah. when they opened it up, but they can't cover their short position. Because for some reason, yeah, the wife closed the account on the government. <laughs> uh, we have uh, a question. Julian likes IE app. Does Coach agree besides TLT? I'm not familiar with that uh, ATF, but if it's going to perform with lower yields, um, of course. And is that uh, I'm not sure your treasury bond? Oh, okay. So I would be taking profits when you see 10-year yields around 3%. Okay. Uh, I want to ask you a question about, so what we were just talking about, is the market prepared for this? Because we've seen equities rallying, everyone going back into tech. Is the, is the market mispriced for this this? potential takeout of October lows. Are people are people prepared for that in any way? I don't think they are because uh, I think a lot of people are talking no landing. Mm -hmm. uh, you're even starting to get the melt-up people coming back, their narrative about new all-time highs, which I agree with, just the timing I don't agree with, uh, that we're going to have one more decline. And they could be right, uh, like always. I'm wrong on this S&P trade on closes back above 4,200. So not that far above today's highs. So, uh, you know, uh, I don't walk on water. I make mistakes. I, I, I'm wrong in the markets. Uh, I miss trades. So uh, really, uh, the only thing I could control is risk. And if the S&Ps um, start trading back over 4,200, um, know that I'll be changing my mind. So right. uh, be prepared to change your mind if price action changes. But yeah. I have pretty high conviction about this uh, scenario happening because it needed to happen. And uh, I think that we're finally going to get uh, the fire sales that everyone's been looking for down there around that, uh, you know, 3000 level in the S&Ps. Yeah. And, and, of, thank you for saying that, Dale. And it's something we emphasize all the time, right? Dale is being awesome about sharing his views on all of these things, but this is always about probability and everyone has to react to new information coming in. And this is not a recommendation. He doesn't know your risk profile. 
for your, you know, what you need. This is information for you to take to try to make your own decisions and plug into your own framework. This isn't advice from him or from from us. That's always and, the caveat we give every time. So and and any time before you get into a trade, you should know your risks. You don't get into a trade and go, well, I'll just watch it, see what happens. Before you enter the trade, you need to define your risk and either have a hard stop in there or uh, promise to yourself that if I'm down three, five percent on this trade, I'm gone. That's what I'm going to risk. If you haven't answered that question, don't click your mouse. Exactly. Exactly. So Gannon uh, asking, I think, a great question. Sounds to me like Dale is basing the majority of his takes on the assumption that inflation stays hot. What if inflation surprises to the downside? So you can answer both those. I don't know if you're basing your your thesis on the fact that inflation stays hot, but you touch on both well, of those. Okay, well, uh, you know, a big sell-off in the S&Ps, as I said before, is uh, a bit disinflationary. You think it's liquidity less than driven by inflation, right? Yeah, I think you think it's that, the credit contraction. I, I think that, uh, you know, that finally... Uh, earnings are going to be revised to where they need to be. I, I think just think, uh, you know, the market's been fighting the Fed for over a year. And just like uh, you said, why now uh, is this happening in the markets when everyone knew there were going to be lingering effects that have a time lag from what the Fed was doing? It's the same here. So the market uh, really never realized what the implications are from a uh, Fed tightening, and now they're going to price it in. It's that simple. So what what would change your view on this? I mean, you just said if the market goes higher, I could be wrong. You know, I'll be the first one to be shifting my, you know, my portfolio, my my trades around. What do you, what do you think could happen to change that that market event that you see? Price. Okay, so the market's going to tell me the narratives are things that you may look for or talk about over, you know, a martini, but price is how you approach the markets. So uh, I'll figure out uh, what the narrative is. Uh, should 4,200 be taken out? I'm out of the way. And, uh, you know, there'll be all kinds of reasons why the market turned good. Maybe the Fed is going to do a hard reverse and not pause and really start cutting. But I don't think we're at emergency levels in the market yet. And I think 3000 would be the time where they would not just um, pause, but take action to re-stimulate the contraction of growth in the economy. Dale, it's been such a pleasure. It always is to have you on again. Thanks for offering us a view that's not out there um, and some of the signs on what to look for and, and you know, what, what some possible implications for the market is. I think this is a really important conversation. Thank you so much. Aggie, uh, you know, you're one of the best anchors I've ever worked with. And <laughs> uh, I always look forward to uh, being able to have a conversation with you. And, you know, to me, that's what great interviews are. They're not questions and answers, there are conversations. So thank you for the conversation today. Absolutely. And listen, these are these are really stressful times for people. And we just roll up every day and try to give people 
information that can help them make decisions and maybe help lower that stress level. And some of it may sound conflicting because we don't just live in an echo chamber. We're trying to get a wide range of opinions for you to be able to plug in and again, make the best decisions you can make or ask your financial advisor, should I be paying attention to this? Am I protected? So we hope everyone could do that. Sounds like we're going to be from rough sledding, but Dale, we know you'll come back with us. Next time we'll talk currencies. We didn't even get a chance to catch catch up on that today, but we'll hit it next time. Thank you, Maggie. Thank you, Dale. And we'll be back again tomorrow, of course, and we'll have Darius down with us. So we'll see you then. In the meantime, take care and good luck out there. What's up, revolutionaries? Thanks for tuning in to the Real Vision Daily Briefing. For more content like this, head over to realvision.com and get unfiltered access to the very best, brightest, and biggest names in finance.